All right, guys, big episode of the Northeast Podcast. The PGA is officially on life support. Anthony Edwards says he's going to be one of the league's best. Patty the Batty makes positive change on mental health, and the Premier League gets off to an electric start. Here we go. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Doing great, man. I'm swell. How are you, bro? I am great because we had a great podcast earlier this week. If you guys didn't listen to it, go back and check it out. We talked all about the HBO Max Discovery stuff. We rewatched the movie Insomnia. I told you all the reality shows you should be watching. And we had so much news um, from all the world of entertainment. So go check all that out. It was a great podcast. I know you guys will love it. Um, and also, please, while you're doing that, take a minute, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Northeast Podcast, and subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcast from to get the Northeast Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Hell yeah. Eric, I have a question. As our reality yeah. star guru um, leading into the sportscast, is Hard Knocks going to be back on HBO this season? Do you know? I think so, but I don't really like to watch Hard Knocks. I know, because... I know you don't, which is weird. But uh, I think it's so good. Rough. They're just like, um, we're gonna cut you. Here's a plane. No, ticket. that doesn't and... happen until like the last episode. And then yeah, that's what like, you're waiting for. Um, that's the big. That's the money shot of the whole thing. Oh, I mean, Eric, come on! You're pretending like these people don't get cut all the time. They do. It's. Brutal. I just don't want to see it. I don't really want to see it either. I hate watching people. I think I think stuff. what you don't want to see is them being like, uh, like uh, you know what? I just like to chill at the crib, watch Ozark, watch Arson. I'm a big Arsenal guy, and then they get cut, and you're like, "Fuck, I like that guy." Damn it! They get cut, <laughs> and I'm like, it's pretty much like watching someone realize that like they thought that they were going to be a famous athlete, and instead they're going to be like, you know, working at a car wash. I disagree. Like, I think most of those guys oh. know. I, th- I think they know where they're at in the pecking order and whether or not they're going to make the team. I think there's a handful of guys that know they're on the cusp. Yeah, but really, the ones like, that they, make... they highlight on the show are the ones that are on the cusp, that are like Plus, they think that they had a great day and then they're in the good graces and then the, they kind of had a bad day and then they get cut. Yeah, and they're like, Jimmy, what the fuck are you doing? And then yeah. it cuts to Jerry Jones putting salt on his sausage McMuffin uh, in his office. And you're like, what? well, he's on the cusp of biting the dust pretty soon. If that comes <laughs> up. All right, guys, what are you guys going to be drinking this episode? Okay, do you guys remember a few weeks ago when we had that uh, Lupulin Doki Doki rice lager? Yeah. I bought another yes. pack like I fucking said you I did. would. You did. You went and did it. Yeah. And I'm back, and I love it. And I'm drinking the just the classic uh, non-flavored one. Um, great beers, man. Love them. I got another pack of great beer. Um, tonight, I'm going to be drinking a beer that I'm not sure I like. Oh. It is in collaboration with um, Smack Shack. And it is indeed Hall in a sea salt lemon lager. The lager of the sea. Oh. I really thought this was going to be a fun summer beer that was, like, um, mildly lemon and mildly salty. But it's like extremely honey, lemon, and salt forward. So I'm not saying it's bad, but I might give the others away. And you, might, you are saying it's bad. Just wait, okay. who? No. Who's the who's the collab with? Indeed, Mac Shack. And who? Indeed, indeed. So you never know where that. Maybe there's some podcasters that you know that stuck their fingers in the honey, and you're drinking our fingers. Oh my god, we so, did. That's right on our tour. 
hey, they said that it was all going to be okay and that we were just go ahead and just dip into a 50 gallon fucking drum of honey and just eat some. And we did. So that's on, that's on them. All right, guys. Uh, we actually just lost Jimmy Blaine. Uh, the, the internet and Blaine is not great. So he has fallen off. Cooperating. Yeah. (laughs) He has fallen off this, (laughs) this podcast. So it's going to be Ryan and I, the rest of the way. Um, but we're going to jump into our starting lineup here. Um, Paige Beckers is, or Bukers is going to miss the season with a torn ACL. This sucks. She is like one of the big stars of college sports and women's sports, and she's a um, Twin Cities native. Um, so that's kind of a bummer, but I don't think it will destroy her career by any means. She's insanely talented. She'll get another year of eligibility, and uh, hopefully she'll be back and ready to go for next season. Yeah, and I think that's uh, kind of like a two-pronged thing in that I think that's she already hurt that knee previously. Is that correct? Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but like she, I don't she know already, that. I thought she already had major surgery on the same knee, and she did this playing a pickup game, so that's not good. Um, from like just a professional career standpoint, I realize that UConn women's basketball probably has some of the most top-notch facilities and access to, you know, some of the best orthopedic doctors in the world. Um, but you kind of start to worry of, will this affect her professional career in the long term? You know, is, is her body going to hold up to, you know, the rigors that would be, you know, a WNBA season? And you would hope so. So um, hopefully she, like you said, she gets a, a medical red shirt and is able to come back, you know, stronger in 2324. Yeah. Um, all right. So in some other bad news, Russian prosecutors have given Brittany Griner nine years in prison in a Russian prison. I imagine there's still going to be some kind of deal worked out, but it's a bummer um, to use something like that. Uh, obviously, the, the, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. She did something wrong understand that there are rules and rules in different countries need to be followed. And some places are more forgiving of, of accidents or, or things that aren't a, a big crime here. Um, but nonetheless, it seems like a pretty sad story. Yeah, totally. Overall, especially, you know, she's married, the wife. I don't know if they have kids. Nine years for a little bit of pot seems preposterous, but I would not expect anything different from Russia given the current you know, circumstances. So yeah. that sucks for her that they're using, obviously using her as, you know, kind of a pawn to get whatever that warlord guided, uh, what do they call him? The Lord of War yeah. the weapons, uh, the arms dealer guy out of prison. Um, so that, that absolutely does. All right. Um, in other news, uh, speaking of spe- sketchy governments, um, the live golf tour, is offering Tiger Woods around $800 million to join. He's turning that down, at least as of now. Maybe there's a number for him. Maybe it starts with a B, but I don't know. Um, I do like that he's trying to hold out, but it doesn't... It, maybe I'm just being negative. It feels to me like the PGA is on life support. Life support. I mean, you know, we, we always talk about, like, disruption in other entities as, like, a good thing because it drives competition and all of that, and I think... Um, the PGA tour is dead. I think everyone that is up for the FedEx cup money towards the end of the season is waiting to find out how they finish in the, the PGA FedEx cup, whatever it is, the, the competition, I guess. I don't know. Um, and then once that's done, then they're going to go to the live tour. And so like, even the guys that are, even the guys that are in like the top running for the PGA's highest prizes are eventually going to leave once 
they're done with their year of contract with the PGA Tour. Doesn't it feel like the Live Tour is just going to buy the PGA in like a year? And what what could the PGA do? Nothing. They'll, they'll have no zero. answer. They'll say nothing. They're going to be like, we'll give you twenty million dollars, and they'll be like, how about thirty? And they're like, fine. Okay. And then they get to run all the majors. Yeah. No, <laughs> like they don't even, the PGA doesn't own. They don't own the British Open or the Masters. So yeah. the PGA, the PGA only does the the Players Championship and the U.S. Open, and that's it. So the PGA is not affiliated with the other two majors, so they have nothing to do with that. So that that's why like the guys that have joined the Live Tour can still play the Masters and they can still play in the British Open, and they don't really care about the players. And so like the U.S. Open is kind of the major one, but like if the if the PGA Tour is like nobody on the Live Tour is going to play in the U.S. Open, then like uh you know you're going to have somebody named like Frank Sexton winning you know the PGA or sorry, the U.S. Open, and that's not good for golf either. So they're going to have to make exemptions for the majors so they're in a lose-lose situation. I think that if I were the PGA right now, I would come out with a message that was every tournament is going to have Tiger in the hunt. He's going to (laughs) just play three exhibition rounds and then he's going to start tied for the lead wearing a red shirt. Yeah, or like, yeah, we're going to, he's going to be minus 10 on Sunday. You guys do whatever you need to do, and he's going to play. He gets to just start in the hunt. Yeah, yeah. Tiger oh, dude, out. that's perfect. He's wearing red. He's wearing red, and every Sunday, Tiger's going to go try to win a tournament that he hasn't played in yet. Yeah, just chase you down, right? Yeah. Just see if he <laughs> – dude, that's brilliant. Uh-huh. I, I love that. I think that's the way to save That's how I'd save the BGA. Um, yeah, so he turned down $800 million. There's a price. I think he's going to hit that that billion mark and say – I don't care that they chopped up John Khashoggi. I don't even care. I don't think he wants to travel that much anymore. So yeah. the live tour kind of fits that lifestyle, plays three rounds instead of four rounds, like every third week. I, why would Tiger accept their first offer? It'd be stupid, yeah. you know? Sure. So. They should just pay him to do the same thing. Tiger's in the hunt. What, what do you think the rank ratings are of golf tournaments when Tiger's in the hunt? astronomically higher than any other tour. four times as much yeah. so i just i just let him and start even there. even for like the arnold Palm, palmer invitational if tiger yeah. is like two back the ratings instantly increase by 30 percent. they have to yeah for sure all right so we're gonna jump over to the nfl they've got some sketchy stuff going on as well last week we talked about how deshaun watson got just six games suspension for assaulting countless women having a ton of cases open if you do drugs or if you punch uh, your gamble, wife out in the elevator, you get like no like drugs are like a year suspension and everything else that has to do with women is like a very short suspension. Um, seems like we're sending the wrong message with everything we're doing. The NFL and their collective bargaining got them into a position where they um, have an outside like former judge come in and make this decision. The judge ruled that Watson should be suspended for six games. Now the NFL is appealing that and trying to get him suspended further. This is a PR move. They know it won't help. They know nothing will change. They just want to look like they're on the side of women. The NFL has never been on the side of Wikipedia. No, they haven't. And I think there's a bit by Bill Burr about, you know, whether or not I wanted to hit a woman was never informed by a running back from the Baltimore Ravens, you know, yeah. and they were, they came out with the ads of like, don't hit women. It's like, what do you, what do you mean? What are we talking to me for? Why don't you talk to your players? Like, you don't need to talk to me. Yeah. I'm not hitting women. Um, yeah. And I definitely agree. It's a PR move. You know, Adrian Peterson was suspended for a year for, and obviously like gruesomely like hitting his kid, 
but he didn't sexually assault multiple massage therapists. Um, and the judge made a very interesting ruling on the basis of the NFL does not have a precedent for this. And it didn't fall under like some violent conduct like Ray Rice. So uh, I'm not disagreeing with her. She's a judge. She's obviously like from a legal standpoint, much more experienced than any one of us idiots um, that are commenting on it uh, today. But Jesus, like she left, the female judge left the NFL in a fucking horrible spot. Like, what were they supposed to do? Be like, yep, yeah, six games sounds good. I mean, they're damned if they say that or if they appeal it. Everyone's like, kind of like what you said, Eric, this is just a PR move. They don't really believe any of this shit. And the worst part is the Cleveland Browns barely get punished at all for making a deal with the devil. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Like in terms of like fucking shady deals of like, well, we'll only pay you a million for this year because we know you're going to be fucking suspended. Um, and then we'll pay you a shit ton of money the next year. So like the Browns don't get penalized because they only lose, you know, a million bucks in his salary if the NFL appeals it. And then Deshaun Watson only loses a million bucks. You don't think his agents will loan him money or that, you know, there's like, he's got some like stockpile when he's going to make $40 million the next season. So I hope the fucking Cleveland Browns burn in perpetuity. Like I want that <laughs> friend. I I'm okay, serious. I want that franchise to fucking suffer just for thinking that their cynicism would pay off in this scenario. Like, don't you agree with that? Like that, that is horrific of being like, we're going to hire this guy. Um, we're going to craft the contract. So neither one of us lose out on a ton. Um, and then you're going to be our guy moving forward. Like that, that just screams like bad karma. And I were, I wish the fucking worst. On <coughs> I do too. I, and they've had the worst and they deserve more of it. Um, I, I just think like what we punish people for in sports is, is really pretty crazy and crooked at this point. Um, they did punish the Dolphins, though, very harshly. Um, they tampered with Tom Brady and Sean Payton, um, and because of this, they were uh, punished with a first-round pick next year and, I believe, a third-round pick the year after and a small fine. Eric, so. don't tamper with the integrity of the game, okay? Whether yeah. whether or not you're getting uh, sexually assaulted by one of our quarterbacks as a masseuse is different, but don't tamper with the integrity of the game. Like Please deflating don't. footballs. Yeah, that, that's a, a bigger punishment. Um, all right, so we're going to move over to a place we don't go a lot, and that's the UFC. And the UFC sensation Patty the Batty Pimblet is, uh, he won his most recent fight. He's become like a, a global sensation. I believe he's from somewhere in the UK. Um, he's got the weird like blonde bowl cut haircut. And he's beaten everybody. And he talks all this trash. And he's just so, so exciting. After his most recent win, he gave a speech about mental health and about, I, I believe it was something along the lines of like, you should reach out to a friend um, and check on them because you're going to really regret it if they're not there because you didn't do that. And so it doesn't really matter who you are or how tough you think you are. Like mental health affects people and we need to look out for each other and we need to normalize um, people who are struggling with their mental health and gave this nice speech. Um, since then, there's been a spike in men reaching out for help with their mental. So I think that is really cool. Um, we have, uh, spent a long time calling people crazy or trying to, um, make it something that isn't masculine to ask for help if someone is struggling, especially a man. Um, but Patty the Batty doing some real work 
um, and sparking some real positive social and, um, you know, some, some real positive change in the world and maybe how some men look at their own health. So, well, what do you, I mean, what's, what's the first word, honestly, when, if you were to like in high school or college to open up to one of your friends about like something that was bothering, like what's the first word where they'd be like to describe you? Like you're, a huge um, they'd pussy. probably use some kind of slur. Yeah. You're a pussy. Stop being a yeah. pussy, dude. Like that's, that's, that's what I grew up with. That's I think what a yeah. lot of men grew up with that are, I would say like in our age range of like yeah. sack up, Sally, pull your skirt up. What's wrong yeah. with you? You know, all that kind of thing. So it's cool to listen to someone who's not a fucking boomer. Tell us how to deal with our problems. Um, yeah. Who has no fucking. And someone from a, a tough line of work. Yeah, dude. Like that's not a joke. Like he's not like a. He's not like roughing in. You know, uh, framing on a house. Like he's a, a like a UFC fighter. Like, it's fucking hard. Yeah. Um, so it's it's refreshing to hear someone uh, who might be dealing with some shit too. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, he's probably not a UFC fighter because he's a normal dude. So, you know, uh, hearing it from someone like him is probably uh, a lot, a lot heavier on the influence, you know, piece of it, right. Uh, to the, to the major population. All right. Good news. Good stuff. Patty the batty. All right. Um, the wild, the Minnesota wild, our hockey team is, uh, going to have a large trio logo on their Jersey this upcoming year. Does this bother you? Is, is Kirill back? That's all I fucking care yeah. about. I don't care about the fucking jersey. Kuznetsov is back. He made his way back. We were worried he was going to get stuck in Russia. Um, it sounds like they did some work to get him back into the country. Um, if this was the NFL, they would have flown the owner's jet to go pick him up from wherever. And uh, here, I was a little worried about how the NHL was going to deal with this. But yeah, we don't we don't trust Gary at all to handle these types no, of situations. No, not at all. I mean, like I said, the NHL is the only league in the world where, like, they take a bus to a lot of their games. Yeah. There's money. And you're like, oh, a lot of these teams don't have that much money in Um, So they have a big trio logo on their jersey. This kind of stuff never bothers me. I was going to say, if if Kirill Kaprizov is skating with a USSR flag on his arm, <laughs> I don't fucking care. Like, yeah. whatever. As long as he's in the wild sweater, I'm fine yeah. with it. Um, I don't. I don't think there's any local business either, you know, whether it's owned by a conglomerate or not that the wild could put on their sweaters, even, you know, the Vikings, the twins, whatever. I, I, I don't, I don't see any businesses where I would be like offended. So cool. Good with Tria. Don't care. Let's go. I don't Let's think go. it looks too bad. Like, can you see it on there? No, that's fine. I think it looks kind of nice. That's fine. Do we got if the, it, we got the, uh, we got the, Loons logos that have like the bullseye in the middle of the chest for the last six years. Like we could deal with a little, like three upside down squares that say Tria underneath. I'm I'm fine with that. Doesn't bother me at all. All right. Uh, another thing that doesn't bother me at all is that Slam Ball is officially coming back. I am already positive that I'm going to hate the presentation of it, and therefore will never watch it. I'll watch it one time. Hate the presentation. Hate the announcers. Hate how it looks. Won't watch it. Always loved, wanted to play Slam Ball. Loved Slam Ball. Loved Slam Ball. Always wanted to play it. Like, it I was wish too, I could do it. No, I agree. Part. It was too, like, discombobulated. Like, it was too haphazard. It was too... It felt fake because they would they would have cuts where there was, like, parts of the game that were, like, missing. Yeah. You know, it, it didn't feel like you were watching a live sporting event. It felt like you were watching, you know, some, like, bullshit, like, you know, rec sport. So... I think that was that was the major problem, obviously lacking, you know, major talent. 
But other than that, you know, as far as like Ocho sports go, um, slam ball was fantastic. And slam, I think slam ball is a sport that everyone thinks that's probably in their 30s is like, I think I might be pretty good at slam. I could, I think yeah. I could, I think I could thrive on those tramps, dude. I could yeah. do it. That's how I feel. I always wanted to play. Could have gone pro. I think that they should have like um, fewer trampolines and like just the, the paint is trampoline and pad area. Everywhere else is just a normal full-size basketball court. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Luckily, so you, like have the, you have the legs with... of Justin Jefferson. Like, you could you could really hold your own in that. <laughs> I want to give it a try. All right, so we'll switch over to real basketball in the NBA. Anthony Edwards just this week turned 21. It's crazy. He's entering his third year in the league, and he is but a boy still. Um, says he believes he will be one of the best in the game this year. And who the hell is to tell him he isn't? I mean, it feels like he's taking a page out of the, the Justin Jefferson playbook of, I don't care what the numbers say, I don't care what the stats say. You know, Bill Simmons was very critical of the Gobert trade on the Ringer podcast with Russillo. Was it Russillo? Yeah, it was Russillo. Yeah. Because yeah. they said that Edwards wasn't ready for, like, to be, like, a primetime player that you wait until these guys turn 24, 25 to really, you know, amp up the acquisition of, you know, free agents and trades and, you know, really try and open up the window. And I call bullshit. I think Anthony Edwards, if anything in the Memphis series showed he's absolutely ready for the prime time. It was everyone else that wasn't. He yeah. was the one that hit that game winning fucking fall away from the Game tying, fall away to his right three, Jesus Christ, impossible shot. I mean, that's got to be like a 2% chance of making that um, in perfect conditions. Um, And so I'm happy. Like, I want our guys in Minnesota to be confident. I don't want this passive Minnesota bullshit of, oh, you know what? We're just out there. Like when uh, Bill Guerin became the GM of the Wild. Um, and asked, like, what does everybody want to accomplish this season? And Jared Spurgeon was like, you know, have fun and, you know, do our best. And Bill Guerin was like, bullshit. We want to fucking win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, that, that's what I want to see from a lot of our Minnesota, local Minnesota superstars. That yeah. we're, we're not here to just compete and do our best. We're here to fucking put our cleats on the throat of the opponents and destroy yeah. them and win. And that's what I would like to see. That's what we need. All right. Um... Let's move on to some soccer talk as the soccer season started here. Um, La Liga will not allow Barcelona to register any of their new signings. And boy, oh boy, are there a lot of them. <laughs> There's quite a uh, few that are very expensive. Lewandowski, Rafinha, Kunde, the list goes on and on. I mean, there's Alonso. a bunch of guys. Yeah. Yeah. If all these guys that they've signed and none of them are eligible to play. Kessier and more and more. I mean, they, they brought in everybody. Starting this weekend. They're not, they're not allowed to play them until they sell more people and balance their books. They are attempting to sell um, Frankie de Young to Chelsea or Man United. We'll see if that deal goes through. It's totally necessary at this time. It's a buyer's market on Barcelona players. The problem is they don't have a lot of the players that they want to sell are not guys that you want. Big wages and underperforming guys. And so what a mess. Can you imagine a sports team in U.S. sports? Like if they were like, and uh, also, um, the Dallas Cowboys will not be allowed to register any of their free agents or any of their rookies until they trade a few players. Like if, uh, you know, the, or just take like super teams in the NBA, if there wasn't a luxury tax of like, 
yeah, you traded for him, but um, sorry, New Jersey, you can't play Rich Harden or uh, sorry, James, James Harden. Harden or Kyrie Irving until you clear some salary. And that, yeah, that, I mean, that, that's that's essentially where Barcelona is at, and they have completely ignored their finances, and they tried to pass it off as. No, it's totally balanced. And the legal was like, no, you need to sell like $150 million worth of wages in order to be able to play this. Yeah, so weird. So the Premier League did start this last season. We were really excited. Last week, last week was our preview show to the Premier League. And I thought the first weekend was really, they kind of lacked any huge matchups. Um, the most of the teams that you thought would win would. We got started on Friday with my favorite team, the Arsenal, taking on a you know, frisky Crystal Palace team led by former Arsenal great Patrick Vieira. It started out with complete and total Arsenal domination. Um, Felt like everything that you've been dreaming of with Arsenal uh, for the first 25 minutes, they probably should have had three or four goals. They got one. Easily, yeah. (laughs) They get one through uh, Martinelli, which is nice, but he should have had a couple probably. Then they went into old Arsenal form and looked sketchy for what were they, I don't know what they were doing. They were like, "Oh, let's pull all the brakes off and let Crystal Palace attack <laughs> us for 45 minutes." Yeah, they finally get a late goal on an own goal um, through a dangerous play, but it's two zip. I don't know if it was the win that they were looking for, but it was the win they needed on the road. Well, it, it wasn't a two nothing loss to Brentford, so that's yeah. a that's we'll, a positive. We will take it. Um, Saturday rolls around. Jim, wish he was here. I know why he's not here. He faked the bad internet because he didn't want to have to talk about his Liverpool drawing with uh, new to the Premier League Fulham. Because he didn't watch it. Number didn't watch two. it, didn't want yeah. to talk about it. Um, Liverpool was down two times in this game. They were down one zip. They were down two to one. Um, they did get a goal from new signing Darwin Nunez, uh, which was exciting. Kind of, a wonder, like kind of a wonder goal, too, which was really sure. impressive. Yeah, he's he's going to be really good. So I don't have worries that Liverpool is is a bad team this year, but it's definitely not the start that you want. Until you saw Holland score on Sunday and you were like, oh, yeah, that's right. They're not going to draw for most of the season and Liverpool yeah. can't afford fucking draws on opening week. To Fulham. To Fulham, um, yeah. When we got to Saturday and the Saturday games, um, Spurs had about 10 fouls that should have been red cards, but they easily handled um, Southampton. They look like the real deal, to be honest with you. Um, they scored four goals, one four to one, and they didn't even get a goal from Sun or Kane. So um, Kulishevsky looks really good. He was a signing from last uh, January, and Spurs maybe are a good team this year. We will see. Um, they're kind of like the the pick uh, if you're not picking Liverpool and City to win the title this year. No, um, I think I think then, they're they're the sexy pick to you know get third or fourth this year. Yeah. Like it's it's the it's the trendy pick. Um, yeah, they'll blow it and finish fifth, and we'll move on. Gosh, that would be great. Um, then your team, Chelsea, uh, wasn't pretty, but they got it done against Everton, one nothing. What happened? Well. I guess uh, nobody's won at Everton on opening day of the season since like 2012. So I guess it, it's been kind of a tough task. Um, it was ugly. It was ugly. It was ugly. Did I mention it was ugly? Um, but we won, you know, won nothing on a penalty. Uh, kind of a sketchy penalty, but probably the right call. I don't know. I'd be kind of chuffed if I was an Everton fan, but it was just, it was like horrible 
boring, conservative football from Chelsea and not very fun to watch second half. So and um, just not a very good Everton. We'll team. take we'll take the win. Yeah, like you said, I mean this Everton team is they lost Calvert Lewin for the game. He might be like kind of fake. He might doing be doing like a Kawhi Leonard of like until you sell mm-hmm. me, I'm gonna kind of pretend to be injured for most of the season. Then they lost one of their best defenders uh, with a broken leg. Um, who was the other guy? Uh, they, they lost another guy who had like a pretty serious like Achilles injury. Godfrey, yeah, he Godfrey got hurt, and then uh, Yuri Mina um, mm-hmm. left with like a an Achilles injury. So. They're down like three like legitimate starters. Um, Eric's prediction of yes. <laughs> Eric's prediction yes. of Everton relegation might be yeah. might be one step closer to the edge. So uh, that's where we're at. Um, I was going to go in order of when these games happen, but I want to save the best for last. So Man City played in the biggest game of the weekend: Man City versus West Ham. West Ham is not in the the big six clubs, but they're you know. In the top eight clubs, Frisky. they've been really good yeah. the last yeah, few yeah. years. They make smart signings. They are a pretty big money London club. Um, they got totally outclassed by City. And I thought David Moyes' interview after the game was super telling. He said, we got out-schemed and out-coached and out-executed. Pretty much said he had never seen the formations that City was using. And they couldn't prepare for them because they hadn't seen them before. And uh, City had the ball for like the entire game. They only won two to nothing, um, but both goals came from Erling Haaland, the big signing. And uh, as a, I, I don't want City to win. I'm not cheering for City. So when I say as a neutral, I'm I'm not saying I'm I'm neutral on City. I would prefer no, they lose. Games. Your your position is very clear, which is but you want a, you want the best players in the Premier League. Yes, as a fan of of soccer, seeing young Erling Haaland absolutely scorching pace down the field and pumping in goals is cool. And I hope other teams go out and get guys and it's an arms race and it's not an arms race of two teams. It's an arms race of 10 teams because that's what would make the sport the best in the premier league. Um, but it is fun. He looked awesome. He probably should have had a chance at a hat trick. He missed the header and then they took him out of the game. Um, but he's, he is going to score a ton of premier league, a ton. Yeah, it was it was a pretty quick answer to the uh, oh, you know, he's he could bang him in in the German league. Do you think he can do it? In yeah. the, okay, that we we've got that answer pretty quick. Then the final one is Man United, Ooh. and this I, I'm trying to think of another example of a great, proud, rich, famous, well-supported sports team that can't get out of their own fucking way. The Knicks? I guess it's the Knicks would be my best it's example. It's got to be the Knicks. Um, I mean, the the more recent Clippers. Yeah. Like, they're just, they can't get the out of their Cowboys. own way. The Cowboys. The yeah, Cowboys might be the, the yeah, dude, it might be the Cowboys. Cowboys. Like, like especially, like, hearkening back to the 90s. You know what I mean? Like, those are the glory days. Yeah. It's got. I think it's the Cowboys. And it's the Cowboys because it's not that, like, they're bad, but they're always disappointing. They always blow it in the big game. They always finish worse than they were predicted to finish. They always finish just outside of the elite. And every year we think they're going to be great. That's what Man United has been. This whole summer, Cristiano Ronaldo has been trying his hardest to get the hell out of there. No one wants him. They And, and why is that? Because they're not playing Champions League football. And he's got his he records that he's trying to protect. Yeah, He wants to be in the Champions League. They don't have Champions League. No one can afford to pay him. No one really wants him. He's past it even though he's still a nice player they went and played Brentford at home Brentford had never won a game at Old Trafford ever in their team's history 
and Brentford. Well, and, and how many how many oh, matches has Brentford ever even it pl- ever even it played in Old Trafford? It wasn't Brentford. It was Brighton. Sorry. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. And then former former um, Man United starlet Danny Welbeck went crazy in your this guy. game, turning your guy turning Danny Welbeck the clock against his old team. He he pretty much told his manager he, he was going to play in the game no matter what. They start him. <laughs> He creates a ton of chances, should have drawn a penalty, got an assist, and just raised hell against his former his former squad, the squad he grew up with. And United was lucky to lose the game just two to nothing. Wait, they lost two nothing, or was it two to one? I thought it was two. I thought it was a draw, but it no, might they have, lost. Oh, okay, then it was two one. They they definitely scored. I'm pretty sure. Damn it! All right, shit. They lost Sorry. two to one. They lost yeah. two to one. They did score. Yeah. So, they got an own goal late, and they should have had a penalty against them. This team is absolutely shambles. They are no one wants to go there. They're willing to pay huge wages to get Frankie De Jong, who is you know a coach he knows well, um, is their new coach. They've been begging him to come. He has nowhere else to go. They're one of the only places that has wanted him and could pay for him. Chelsea's now trying to come in and, and take this one from them, and probably will. Uh, Frankie Young doesn't want to go there because they're such a mess. They sign players that don't make sense in the team. And in sports, you have to build teams in the smart way. You can't just get as many personalities, famous people, and good players and then try to fit them all together. These players have to go together. There has to be some rhyme or reason. And every club is doing it in their own way. But when you look at the, the top six teams, I can see what the other five want to do. I can see why their roster is built the way it is. It might not be perfect, but I can see what their their thought is. With United, I don't even know what position, guys. They're playing guys in weird spots. They can't sign anybody. Um, they're now uh, attached. They're, they're, there's rumors they're going after former low-level Premier League striker Marco Arnautovic, who this weekend got in a horrible racist incident. Um, after he scored a goal, he got in the face of a player and said a bunch of racist shit to him. And then, like, that day, he was, like, they were, like, man, United is trying to sign him. I mean, like you said, like, what a, what a fall from grace <laughs> that United has I, had. And it's not because they haven't, I, I think it's just they, they got so arrogant with their money that they were, like, we can buy anyone and they'll come in here and it's, they've got the red kit. And it's it's Manchester United and, you know, Sir Alex, Alex Ferguson stand and all of that stuff. And they bought the Paul Pogba's, Bruno Fernandez, Harry Maguire's. And it was something where the, you know, the unit on the field was far less convincing than the sum of its parts. Right. And and for sure, it was, you know, they they had. A couple decent seasons. Um, I wouldn't call them great, but they had decent seasons. They finished third in the pandemic year. Um, Project Restart, where you know Chelsea managed to finish fourth, and United ended up rattling off a bunch of wins and and finished third. And Solskjaer looked like his job was totally secure, and then it wasn't. And if it wasn't for Ronaldo last season, that team would have been in the fucking toilet, dude. They would have been yeah. 12th. Ronaldo yeah. was the only one that was scoring goals. And they had Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandez. I mean, they had, I mean, they were loaded, like in terms of like talent. Juan Basaka, who doesn't even play anymore. Like they've coached his will to even try anymore out of him. Um, and it just, they signed, they signed a $50 million center back like four or five years in a row. 
and they can't get it right with the center backs. Harry Maguire is a blockhead moron, like defensive. I would imagine that Man United would be going for Kylian Mbappe or exactly Yao Fila or you know name Jude, an Jude, Jude Bellingham, Jaden Sancho, yeah. like partnering that partnering them together. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that I would imagine them to be doing right now. And instead, they're they're going for. 33-year-old Bologna striker, um, Marko Anatovic, who is 33 and has played for Twente, Werder Bremen, Stoke City, West Ham, Shanghai Port, and now Bologna. Yeah. What the hell are they doing? This team is absolute joke. And it's, it's crazy to think that they're the Lakers and City is the Clippers. And the Clippers have completely surpassed the Lakers and they'll never look back at this. One of them is run maybe in a sketchy way, but in a smart sketchy way. And the other is run like absolutely the most idiotic way possible. And so well, I well, just, what, I, what, I, what did, what did city spend this off season? They sold Jesus and Raheem Sterling and they bought Holland for 50 million pounds. And they brought, bought Kevin, Calvin Phillips. Okay. That's it. And they'll probably sell more people. Are, they like balance I mean, books. Every- yeah. I mean, they're not, they're, like you said, they're running a sketchy way, but they're also not like they're not just like oh, four hundred million every season. And it feels like Man United is like they just spend what they want on players previously, but now players don't even want to go to United. No, people don't even want to go there. No, um, they don't. It's it's a mess, and it's fun to see. I'm really happy. I'm really excited about it. Um, just so you know, on the year, um, Man City have spent a hundred and twenty million. And they've made 176 million. They actually have a positive net spend on the year as they've sold Sterling, Jesus, Zinchenko, Poro, and on and on and on and on and on. And they've got rid of a ton of guys. And they somehow got Erling Holland for like 58 million <laughs> plus bonuses, yeah. which is a fucking yeah. joke. They they have like over the last two years, um, they have. 100 280 they've made and they've spent a hundred um they've spent about as much as they've sold in the last two years and they are in competition as the best team on earth so yeah they're different they're a different level than man united and it's fun to watch man united crumble the big game this weekend is what is it your team chelsea chelsea spurs Spurs, baby and london derby week two between two teams not saying that it will have an impact on the end of the year, but at least in the short term, it could be for um, London supremacy in the Premier League. So a really fun game for week two. Well, that seems pretty cut and dry. London supremacy is Chelsea. Well, no, it's, we'll uh, it is a, let's see, we have the uh, later Sunday game at 1030. So kind of later can't in the wait. weekend. Can't wait. Last game. Who does so. Arsenal have this week, Eric? Arsenal plays Leicester City. Where? I think at home. At the Emirates. At the Emirates. Let's go. I can't so, wait. If anyone's so not watching Jamie, the Premier League. Jamie Vardy has two goals. Probably. He, seems, he, he seems to kill you guys no matter what. Like, he might have five goals all season and four of them are against yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much where he's at at this point. Career, so. I'm not going to get too excited about anything. Every time I get excited, I get upset. And every time yeah. I'm upset, I usually feel okay. So, I'm trying to just stay in the middle. So, who is... So, if... Um, let's just extend this, you know, this piece a little bit longer. What player are you most excited about this season for Arsenal? And is it Odegaard being named captain out of the gate? That's a great move for them. He's young, but he's already the captain of Norway as well. 
the born leader. He feels like he's been around for eternity, but he's like 22 or years old because he's been playing. He was signed for Real Madrid as a 16-year-old. He's been a professional since he was 14, so he's experienced. He's a good leader. The player I'm most excited about. And, my and real quick, and he chose Arsenal. Yeah, like he could have easily spot. said, I'm going to stay at Real Madrid because, yeah. you know, whatever. But he was like, no, I love Arsenal and I want to be there, so let's make this permanent. I'm the most excited about Saka. He's my favorite player in the world. He is on all or nothing. It's really fun. You can tell that they're marketing him on the show as their, their big star player. And, you know, he's a starter for England as a teenager. And, you know, he'll turn 21 here in a couple of weeks, I think. You know, he's just, oh, he's so fun. It's hard not, hard not to cheer for him. So what's your ceiling for Gabby Jesus? She's going to score 16 or 17 goals. So you're not going to put it top. at, uh, if I put the over under at 20, you would say, you would say on. Probably under. I don't know if he's that kind of player. I think like. Under in, no, in legal. Yeah, I think, I think he's not that guy. I think there's very few players in the world. Who are Even though he's been pouring them in against everybody, you're not confident that he could do that. I think he's. I think he's going to lead to a lot better team offense than than just to himself. Like I think we'll score more goals because he's capable, and we've been playing with incapable players for a few years. So it feels nice to have someone who can link things up and is talented and creates chances. He, he almost had a miraculous goal in this game. Oh, my God. Um, it was unbelievable. I know exactly which play you're talking about. I saw, I saw yeah. it 15 times. And just his footwork in the box yeah. is, I don't know why Pep didn't play him. Um, it seems like a huge mistake because he seems very technically gifted. Again, this is a very limited you know window into his play style. But man, watching yeah. him just kind of like dissect and like, <laughs> you know, where he's like kind of going back and forth and then like rips oh, yeah, a shot and you're like, oh my God, you can see why City wanted him. You could see why he's a Brazilian star. Um, yeah, and all Pep that. said he's the best pressing forward in the world is was what Pep said. And he's probably pumping up his own yeah, player. Yeah, but why? But... Then why did you sell him? Why did you let him go? I mean, I, I realized because, early Holland was coming in, but like, come on. They they replaced him with Holland. And no, were, but he didn't they, like Jesus didn't play that much under Pep. Like it wasn't like he no. was a you know a forty game a year type of player for him. No, I don't know. We're hoping it's right place at the right time at twenty five years old heading to the Arsenal. I just can't. I I'm just so happy that the league is back. And if people aren't watching it, and you listen to this whole thing, and you're like, why do they always talk about soccer? Just give it a try. Go to a pub. Just one time. Go to a pub. Watch a game. You go won't, to wherever. You won't have a bad time. You'll have a great time. I don't even care what game you watch. I don't even care. If doesn't you're matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Are you drinking Just a go. beer at nine a.m.? Yeah, you're drinking a beer at nine a.m. Watching the sports. Yeah, fucking. You're singing awesome. songs and wearing scarves and shit. It's a great time. So that was um, our our guy. Um, who's one of the men in blazer? Uh, Roger Bennett. Yeah, was on. I want to say Stephen Colbert. And okay. was like, you know, you're a big, you know, soccer person. You know, what's the what's the draw? And he was like. Well, in America, if you go to a bar at 9 a.m. and you start drinking, they call you an alcoholic. If you go to the bar at 9 a.m. and you're watching your favorite soccer team and you're drinking, they call you like a, a Chelsea supporter, you know? Yeah. And it was like, I, like that. that's it. Like, that. that's perfect, yeah. you know? we get, You is. go to the local, you get some biscuits and gravy brunch yeah. and a Guinness yeah. at, you know, 9.15. Perfect. What a Sunday. Brilliant great Sunday. It's a great thing. Might do it this week. I got now. the I got goosebumps just talking about that. Jesus. Ugh. 
We need more of that. We need more of it. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, too bad Jimmy Blaine couldn't be here because uh, we missed his him. internet is yeah. terrible. Um, but he probably didn't want to be here because Liverpool didn't play well in week one. So he'll be back next week. Season's Otherwise, over for them. We'll, we'll check in yeah, with him not. in 23-24. Uh, we'll be back then. All right, guys. Thanks for listening and hanging out with your good friends here at the Northeast Podcast.